0: This is Felix Rosado Welcome to the Felix Rosado Podcast Where I give you my two cents On all things about dogs Such as the latest training Tips on health Nutrition and beyond For additional content Watch us on YouTube Under Dog Train Beyond If you need help right away Find us at www.dtbeyond.com that is We are dot com.
1: Hey
0: guys, welcome dogs unleashed for another great conversation with a great trainer, uh, Mark book Trainer, uh, awesome guy. <laughs> Because it's done the grace of um come online to talk to me, you know. People don't like talk to me, so you know, I scare some people.
1: <laughs> you, you, you don't scare me and we're gonna have a good time. Don't you worry. Awesome,
0: awesome. So I we like, we've we never met before, but we've spoken to each other online a few times. Yes sir. And um actually this is this is a learning experience for me to be honest with you too. So I'm looking forward to it. And actually I have some unique questions to ask you. So first thing, please tell me about uh, what you're doing right now, where you located. Let's no. present to past, to future.
1: <laughs> well, I was born a uh, a small child, uh, brought into the world. <laughs> you you, you want,
0: start breathing at this amount of time.
1: I did. Okay. Well, look, um, I'm, I'm going to give you the shortest version I can, but I might, but I'm long-winded. <laughs> yeah. So those of you who are watching now, you might want to, you know, if you're not watching live, you might want to hit pause, go get a cup of coffee. But uh, okay. Look, the long and the short of it is I'm um, like you, I'm an East coaster. Although I have been in training dogs now in the Chicago suburbs for a hundred years. But I was born and raised on the East Coast. And um, I b- back in 1969 was my 11th birthday. And my mother finally got me the dog that I had been begging for. And, oh,
0: just like me, I was once a one.
1: Yeah. Well, it was the same. Listen, here was the deal. My, my father's people were dog people. And my mom's people were, you know, like potted plant people. They weren't even goldfish people. Gotcha. But, you know, and they were divorced and and mom had her hands full and all I know was, you know, I wanted a dog. Luckily for me, she got desperately ill and um and so she was confined to bed for weeks. Now when I say luckily for me, uh, that's because she was like semi comatose in a bed in her room.
0: Saying yes,
1: right? Same, yes. Well, let's just say felix i was in her ear all day every day i want a dog i want a dog i want a dog when you wake up i want a dog i want damn,
0: damn. okay let's get that damn dog
1: <laughs> well she didn't have the strength to say that i just remember her saying one time okay but now let me sleep you know it's just you know anyway she got better thank god and uh, and i got the dog uh, and, um, now I will say, you know, this was the era. Remember, this was the late sixties into the early seventies and, uh, you know, cause I'm an old guy and I wanted, uh, I, I wanted, I wanted a collie because, uh, you, you know, it,
0: Rocky, you do look old.
1: If you well, know, thank you. you well, know, it's <laughs> getting ex- increasingly expensive.
0: <laughs> it's true.
1: Right. Okay. So anyhow, I wanted a collie, but she said, listen, we have a Volkswagen Beetle. I got your sister. There's just no way we're going to fit all of us and the dog into the car. if We have to go somewhere. Uh, I, I suggested rehoming my sister. But like, you know. And then that, don't, that didn't fly, right? Unfortunately, did not fly very far. I'm so, a little older. Yeah. Was she well, she's, she's two years younger than me. So I felt at that point she was still could be rehomed. So, <laughs> you know, she wasn't too set in her ways. She was only, you know, nine. But okay. Anyway, we wound up with a shelter. That's best thing. So we got a Sheltie. And um, but my Sheltie, I listen, first dog, I didn't and I was a kid, I didn't want. Can you hear me? Oh, sorry. Yeah, I don't know how your uh your internet connection is. Mine, mine's very strong right now. So hopefully just a second. Okay. Well, uh, let me replay. I was born a small child. <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyway, we got the
0: Sheltie Pot.
1: So I got the Sheltie and, uh, you know, by the time he's five months old, he's done, he's doing whatever he wants to do because he's in the teenage, you know, rebellion years. Uh, I wasn't even a teenager yet, but he was. And uh, so he ran into the street and got hit by a car. Well, yeah. Now look, the dog lived to almost 18. So it had a pretty happy ending, but my mother sent us to dog school. So I was 12 at that time. I was 12, you know, because like. He had to get. He had surgery, pins, all kinds of crazy stuff. When, when he healed up, um, you know, we went to dog school, and that's where the bug bit me because we, he was good at it. He was he was really good at it. I, I was blessed with the first dog, who just basically wanted to do whatever it is that I wanted him to do, um, if if I would listen to him. If, if I would meet his needs, he would meet any need I had, as long as I would also reciprocate. And um, that that started me really, Felix, on a lifelong journey to understand the dog, you know, to understand why. Why do they put up with us? You know, n- name another animal that you sleep with that actually cares about what you want. You know, you're lucky if you find that in a partner. <laughs> but you sure can find it in the dog i mean cats are happy to sleep with you but they don't really care what you want and uh yeah. okay. you know listen if you i got this whole theory on cats and dogs The the dog if you're moved the moving truck comes he's making sure you've put his bed and his food in the moving truck yeah the cat hides because he wants to stay with the house no you know? it's like this is my
0: territory. i want to move
1: you're right. But at any rate, you know, I just was bit very early by the dog thing. And then, um, so I, I have a slightly obsessive kind of a personality. So, um, I was in young kid. I was in junior high at the time and I, they had a library full of dog books and I just read every one of them. And that wow. sort of piqued the interest of my, um, the, my teacher who, and by now I think it's maybe 1972, 71 times were a lot different. Um, yeah. And don't, don't well, don't be... you know, like they had books on like how to raise and train your German Shepherd. Um, they had all the Albert Payson Terhune, uh, collie books, lad a dog, and and so forth. So, um, mind you, uh, I started to collect dog training books, but the dog training books and we'll we'll circle back to this eventually cuz it comes becomes important to this conversation all the dog training books that i read and and, the, and i read hundreds of them uh-huh going back into the 1800s they all, each of those books told you how to get how to basically how to make a dog do a thing okay and a lot of them how to make a dog stop doing a thing um and that's interesting i mean i i wanted to know how to make a dog do this and stop doing that i, I did want that but it was still stuck on why do they care? What and why? And why is my dog? Um, why is my dog stubborn sometimes and very willing other times? And so it, it just kind of fascinated me to untangle the dog. But uh, sooner or later, my teacher called my mother and said, "I'm bringing this kid home. I've got dogs. I got problems." And, <laughs> and I wasn't even. Uh, I mean, I think I was 12, 13, maybe by this point. But that you know, the oldest. So she brings me home and she's got, um, full size dachshunds, big, big, kind of big, uh, full size dachshunds, like the size of like a, like a proper torpedo. Uh-huh. And you know, so, and they were nuts, but uh, I told her just, you know, like, I don't know if this is going to work cause I never trained anybody else's dog, but just like, watch out. Yourself. Well, my, they were my teacher's dogs. She taught oh, me, yeah. So she, because she, she saw that I was reading all these dog books. So she took me home to train her dogs. Oh, got you, got you. your first, your first case. It was my first case. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, and, and they started, to, you know, they started to train up. Like they actually started to engage and, you know, do, wow. the, do this. They started to heal and sit and down and they started doing stuff as I was teaching them, which just floored her. She couldn't believe it. And then, um, she drove me home. Now here's here's, here's a couple of important points. I want to say that the Alexa, what was the minimum wage in 1971? Dollar 60 minimum wage was a buck 60 that year. And I had been training her dogs for, I don't know, maybe an hour. And then she drove me home and I'm starting to get out of the car and she goes, wait, and she fishes around and she hands me a $5 bill. <laughs> uh, one hour's work. And the minimum wage was a buck sixty-one. Uh, so this was a substantial amount of money, uh, Felix. I got to tell you, five bucks I mean, my mom gave me two. Hey, home run the first. It was yeah, I did. That's true. Yeah, so you know, I like that too. So what, that kinda, kind of.
0: What kind of? What what? I know back then things were different. What kind of method were you? A little bit more harder. Was you did
1: you use fool? What
0: what what was your?
1: Okay. okay. That, that's a good question. Um, In that era, you're right. Dog training was a little bit harder, but so here's how I learned with my Sheltie. You started on a six foot leash and a choke chain, started in a gym surrounded by other people and dogs. So, so for, for that dog, it was going to be the first time around unmanageable distractions. Gotcha. And then you said this mystery word, this mystical, magical word. You said it in a commanding tone of voice. Come. Now the word was heel. Not heel. heel. You said this word that made no sense to the dog whatsoever, or or even to me at that point. And then what you did was you started walking in a, in a square and you just made hard right turns and you just jerked that dog every time he wasn't doing the right thing. This you is what I was You still do that. Well, some people do. (laughs) It's true. Now I wrote a book called the art of training your dog. And I wrote that with the monks, and new And we, we don't do that anymore. Um, this is how I learned, but look, so that's, that's what I knew. However, I also knew that my Sheltie was a kind of a sensitive soul and, and I really wanted him to like me, <laughs> you know, I slept with this dog. This dog was my world. So, um, I was a bit easier on him, I think than what my original teachers might've wanted me to be, but it worked anyway. That's um, me. yeah. And so with these, you know, with these dachshunds, I kind of did what I knew how to do, but just on flat collars. Cause that's all they had. Um, but basically if they, if they tried bolting, you know, North, I just did a quick about face south, and, um, you know, which arrested their forward movement, but pretty, but, and then praise when they looked at me and pretty soon they were interested in this because nobody had really ever challenged their mentality before in a meaningful way or given them anything to do. And they, and they liked it and they probably needed it. They, well, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure you're right because most dogs are, um, most dogs will want to earn positive attention. If, if you just kind of show them how, and um anyway so that sort of started me that that's kind of how I got my start but but I guess the other thing too regarding dog training being hard back then and and in some situations some places cases now too I was just always interested in how to soften the approach yeah but to keep it effective um because I have very low tolerance for voodoo crystals fairy dust you can, you know, I, I've tried it over and over Felix, but Wingardium Good Dog that, that yeah. never, just never worked for me. Well, to me that they want that voodoo magic. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, the voodoo is in the balance between don't do this, but Hey, try this and you're going to find it more rewarding. The don't, we don't need to make it awful. We just need to make it less rewarding than the try this, try this way. And, um, so we wrote a whole book about that, but, um, the art of training, your dog, look it up. It's about e-collars and how to do it gently and sweetly and nicely. But, um, Mm -hmm. ah, yeah, thank you. Yeah. That's the, that's the middle one. Now, if we start on the left-hand side, let dogs be dogs we wrote a whole chapter. Um, I believe it's chapter four on, um, the history of dog training and why it was so harsh Why it became so voodoo permissive and ineffective and how the pendulum has been swinging back into the middle ground where dog training is both compassionate and effective, which is really what you need. You need that blend of, you know, I love my dog and I want this to be enjoyable for both of us, but I need it to work because when I say come, I need him to turn away from the squirrel and come back to me before he gets hit by it. Absolutely. I totally agree. Well, I told you I was long winded, but that was my that was my brief introduction to my Mark- <laughs> in history of dogs.
0: No, that, that that's that's awesome. That's amazing. That's uh actually that's very similar to me. I always wanted a dog myself as a kid. Well, what happened? How'd you get your dog? What kind of dog did you get? Oh, um, I had to wait until my folks, we got a house. I was like 26 27 I got a German shepherd.
1: You you know what you went right for the gusto. You went right for the gold.
0: Oh yeah, I I I want to actually know it's ah ah talking about John Shepard.
1: Yeah. I gotta wake this one up. Look like my,
0: look like my first guy. Yeah. Look on like my, I got a sable, and uh, I made so many mistakes, and learned so much.
1: Now I'm gonna talk. Well, you know, yeah, that's that's the, the one one thing I have learned about German Shepherds over the years is um, they they do train up very well, but they kind of want you to prove that you're a better trainer than a Sheltie. The Sheltie was not terribly challenging, <laughs> you know. The German Shepherd, th- they always seem to enjoy giving me all for my money. Yeah. Oh, that's what you want me to do. That's adorable. And, you know, you get this little vein throbbing when you get upset. Let, let's play with that a little bit more. <laughs> yeah.
0: My guy wasn't that was not bad, you know. I if I look back at it now, he wasn't really bad. He had some issues, but he wasn't horrible. And then I just started training right away. I wasn't like one of those people that waited two years before he did the first training yeah. lesson. So, but the problem is, I went to train to train to trainer, mm-hmm. and you know that was the issue.
1: Eventually, eventually, we take the mishmash that we learn and we try and shape it into something that's pleasing to us and that works for the dog. And from that, you you know, a method emerges. And I I always think of dog training, you know, you have baking and you have cooking and they're different things with, with baking, there's steps and they're scientifically organized. And if it calls for a quarter teaspoon of cream of tartar, you don't need to know why it's supposed to be in there, but if you don't put it in there, it's not going to, it's not going to turn out. Gotcha. Um, but that's not dog training. I mean, maybe at first, when we first start, but eventually dog training is more like season to taste, use the ingredients that you have and create something pleasing from that, that. And by pleasing, I mean, to the dog, as well as to the, to the trainer or the owner, um, that shepherd that I just showed you, her name is Friday. She was an owner give up. Um, she, she'll kind of bring me on topic for a moment to this book because I write about her in the joy of playing with your dog. The book is really about how to use games. Well, the subtitle is games, tricks, and socialization for puppies and dogs from babies, dogs, all the way up through seniors. And game-based learning is a thing. All of us learn to commit information. Better if we learn it under enjoyable circumstances. Unlike my poor little Shelty, who learned to heal at first and square, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yanked if he didn't do it. Um, today we can we can teach so much more if we can engage the dog's sense of joy as as we train. But um the story of Friday, my my shepherd, who, and and really honestly, the fact that she is uh sacked out there, this dog is not under command. This is her. This is her chosen. She <laughs> she? she's a uh, sex. Yeah, and that's her chosen position right now. She's in the prime of life. She's a very lively dog, but that is that is what she chooses for herself. Nice. But when I trained her for the owner, she was two and a half. Um, she was a nerve bag. She was a bag of nerves. She was ridden with anxiety. She was. Wind, trembled, paced, never stu- never just laid down, never went off, no no off switch, just um everything twenty
0: thousand a day
1: only when she fell asleep, you know, would she quiet, um now, the owner ultimately decided to ask me to place her. And and I understood the owner's situation. A lot of times we dog trainers are very quick to judge an owner like, ah, why don't you put the work in? Then man, this owner put so much work in, you have no idea. She really did everything that she could and should. And I think this is kind of like a, a, like a parable, something that we as dog trainers, we should remember. We deal with every element of society. We deal with people who have problems that we can't even begin to imagine. And they all, they don't all just dump them on us, but The reality was was that this dog's owner Uh is mother to a a boy who is autistic to the more extreme end of the scale. And when he was younger, she could manage the family, the dog, the the child at home and and so forth. She was very committed to keeping her son home, uh, which I think is admirable. Not everybody can do it, but she could and she did, but as this boy hit puberty, his behavior became more extreme and he and the dog were terrified of one another. <laughs> so it was a very unhappy situation. No. So imagine the stress on this lady, you, you know, um, trying to just balance the needs of everybody. So I trained the dog, sent the dog home. Um, what her obedience came along quickly, um, but it didn't fix the problem she would do everything I wanted her to do, but still trembling and whining. And you you just can't, I'll correct whining and barking if it's sort of a protest, I don't want to behavior, okay? But you have to read the dog. And if if what you sense is subconscious reactions, Mm -hmm. then it's anxiety. And anxiety is not, a bad behavior, which you can correct for. It is a symptom of something else. It's a symptom of unease. And unless you treat and figure out how to, how to change, whatever is discombobulating the dog's mentality, you, you, you really, it's not fair to just punish the dog for making noise that they don't know that they're making even. Yeah. And what I did was I wanted to, this, this dog, I knew she needed exercise. However, she was, she had zero retrieve drive, zero.
0: Okay.
1: I would throw the thing. She would look at me. All she wanted to do was like follow me around the training field, trembling, whining, and staying three feet away from me. And secure. Very. Um, she wanted me to fix her problem, but she could barely tell me how to do it. Um, and so I, I'm. I, I, if I was a younger and less arthritic guy, uh, <laughs> and, and, was, and I was a jogger or a, a runner, well, then I could have run her. Um, if I was better on a bike, I could have just, you know, held on to the leash and, you know just biked her um, to to get the energy out but i really wanted to teach her retrieve because i have a lot of land on my little farm here and what i, I wanted to use a chuck it and i wanted to run the dog while i didn't have to do all the running yeah <laughs> so it took me quite a lot um and i really had to channel a very good friend of mine who is deceased many people know who he is martin dealy martin dealy was um one of the co founders of the International Association of Canine Professionals, IACP, and he was a famous retriever trainer. Okay. And I spent a lot of time with Martin. I mean, he did gun dogs and uh, he never used a force fetch because he never needed a force fetch and he won a lot of trophies. Okay. But one of the things that, that he um, was convinced of was that if a dog doesn't like a ball, then don't start on a ball. If the dog doesn't like a bumper, don't start on a bumper. He had hundreds of different kinds of retrieving objects. And, um, and he showed me how he would just kind of cycle through them until he found the one that the dog liked. Now there's process to that. You just don't throw the kitchen sink at him one day and see what happens. But I started using his process and then one one, and nothing. She like, was interested in absolutely nothing until one day I kind of tossed a, um, a foam frisbee okay and i don't know why she did but she she looked at it um when i said so she didn't go to it but she looked she never looked at anything <laughs> else Second. sorry
0: uh, attention for a second
1: it did and i marked that moment i marked that moment i'm not a clicker guy but i do believe in giving a marker for the moment if 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 and when it's useful so the moment that she looked at that um she, the moment that she looked at that frisbee on the ground i said yes I just, I just marked a moment. And then, um, but she, she's kind of a pleaser. She does have a pleaser personality. She's bitable, this dog. She just, you know, couldn't figure out what I wanted. But I just started moving it further and further, and I quit marking the look over time. Oh. She went up to it, and I marked that, and then just, you know, called her back. And I don't know, eventually she picked it up, and I marked that huge. Nice. And then um, before long, she had drive to retrieve it oh wow yeah and um now a proper frisbee if you're athletic you can make it go really far but this thing was foam it it could only go so far so um eventually what i did was i i and martin also taught me how to transfer that's this is a tricky thing but you can once you create drive once you create drive um and let's say it's retrieve drive you can transfer the retrieve drive to a new object or if you're a scent guy now that you have retrieve or let's say ball or toy drive um, and you want to do drugs we'll just teach them that their ball smells like drugs and you know they're going to start they're going to start looking for the ball um or the heroin or you know whatever it happens yeah, but, yeah.
0: yeah.
1: i'm no expert there but i i know at any rate i transferred it to a ball and, um, let me, let me tell you what, the dog came back to me, the owner asked to come see me with the dog. I, I, well, I, was,
0: I, lost the time frame.
1: I sent her home and the owner called me back three or four months later. Yeah. Three or four months after, later. After the retrieve or before the retrieve? After. Cause I, I taught all that in a board and train. Okay. And so I sent her home, I showed the owner what to practice and what to do. And the dog was still a little shaky because you know it was all new, right? But the owner the owner came back three or four months later with the dog off leash. Which yeah, this is the kind of dog you you really don't need a leash because she's she's not she doesn't want to go anywhere unless unless it's to a ball. And um, well, anyway, um, we go into the training center, and this dog just uh, said hello to me, and then just like did what she's doing now, which is just, it's like. Yeah, just chill. Lay down and hit the deck all on her own volition, you know, with no command. And my mouth fell open when I saw that Felix. I was wow. like, WTF? Wow. Like, she's healed. Like, she was just, she wasn't trembly. She, and, I, and, I, and I said to the lady, I said, what have you been doing with her? She goes, mm-hmm. what you told me to do. I, I retreat with her a couple times a day. But wow. the kid, the dog and the kid. So, anyway... So how was,
0: well, how did the relationship with the kid be at the time?
1: Well, the problem was, was that this boy, um, as, um, people with autism uh, at a certain point on the spectrum will do, they, um, they have, um, specific movements and noises or sounds that they make to relieve frustration that were scary to the dog. She's not a brave dog. <laughs> yeah. And so if this boy would, you know, yell and he wasn't yelling at her, he was just, he was just, yeah, he was, uh, he was alleviating his frustration, which is not abnormal, you know, uh, and I, you know, to all my neurodivergent friends and listeners, um, I'm not entirely sure I'm explaining this correctly because I'm out of my area of expertise, but I I, I know what mom described to me and it was keening, wailing, flapping. And this is not abnormal, um, for neurodivergent people at a certain point on the spectrum, it's not abnormal, but the dog couldn't cope with it. So she would go flying out of the room, you know, and, and, uh, yeah, anyway, it was on, un- it was unhappy for everybody and they were very thrilled,
0: for question.
1: you know, with me so- Well, oh, that's a really good question. Um, here's the thing: um, every dog is going to have a toy or an object or a game that they prefer, just like you know you might prefer Italian food and I might prefer French food. But I mean, we all have. You might like vanilla. I might like chocolate. It. it, it we we like we do and now that isn't to say that i have anything against tug or a preference for retrieve versus tug because i don't and we wrote up specifically how to teach tug and how to teach retrieve even to dogs who don't want to play because you'll find an, you'll find an awful lot of people have actually harmed the play drive in their dogs before they stumble across a book like the joy of playing with your dog and the dog's drive is diminished because people have reprimanded or scolded the dog for picking things up let's say or for pulling back when when you want the dish towel and the dog is pulling back you, you know if you if you scold him enough for doing that and then you tell him all right well let's play tub now the dog's thinking hey, you're crazy you know you pick Pick what it is that I'm allowed to do. So we talk in the book a lot about how to um, give your dog permission to retrieve, how to build drive, how to find the object, and then how to transfer uh, the dog's interest to an object that you that you like. And actually, it's a very good question what what you asked Felix about tug on the the. Uh, listen not to be overly commercial but this book is available on pre-order right now wherever books are sold okay but but on amazon there's a video that uh, brother christopher and i made which shows me playing retrieve and talking it through with a dog and him playing tug and talking it through with a dog okay so we actually show both um my only um my When we're talking, not to expert dog trainers, but when we're talking to homeowners, we just want to explain how tug can be beneficial to release energy, but also to teach impulse or self-control because an important part of the tug is the drop it or leave it. The moment when you ask the dog to stop, we can reward that moment when the dog is, I didn't want to stop, but okay, I'll let go. I'll stop. And then we can reward with continued play or or a reward. And this does definitely helps dogs learn to think. What, what, what do my people want now? What should I deliver? And that's, uh, that's important. Even with retrieve, you know, a lot of people, let's say people have the dog who loves to retrieve, but now the dog runs away with the ball (laughs) or, um, you, you know, barks in your face and will not let you rest. Um, so that actually, eventually that became my German Shepherd Friday. She became overly obsessive about the retrieve. And so I began to intersperse some self-calming obedience commands into the game, right? So if she's barking at me, I would ask for a down and a moment of peace and calm before I would release her for a retrieve. And what's funny is now, if I've got the chuck it, and she starts barking at me, and if I just freeze... I, I can see it click in her brain. She'll go, oh, sorry, wait, hold on.
0: we this?
1: I will lay down with no command. She just offers the behavior. We may proceed, <laughs> this is what she'll say.
0: <laughs> now, for the dog, call next to you. Yeah. Aspect of the fetch. What do you think was the key component to help her come like that? Was it the physical aspect of the fetch, the mental aspect? Combination, what do you think was the and in that in her
1: situation I think for most dogs Felix this is a really, really good question i I think it's the the mixture of the two um we, we all know that um oh heck, if you sit get just get a new cell phone, you know, switch from iPhone to Android or the other way around or just get a radically different phone. I mean, you have an exhausting three or four days while you try and learn that new device. Um, you know just change cable t v companies or or computer programs or computers and you're it's not physical but but the mentality, the brain drain is very real, um as is the physicality of running. But when you combine the two of them, you get the most powerful approach to dogs uh and and really, I think to people and the reason for that is our philosophy is as follows. Games are important and games really can teach dogs a lot of important information, but all good games have rules and it is the structure of the game and the rules which make that game productive. So if you, I think one of the reasons we wrote the book was because what, what passes for play dog play for most people is what you and I would just call riling up the dog. You just get the dog nuts. Yeah. If you play tug with the dog wrong, you might get bit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> or they might start playing it when you didn't want them to. Yeah. Um, and um, and if retrieve is, um, is, if you reward a dog like, oh God, okay, shut up by throwing the ball when they're relentlessly nagging you, you, you're building a dog who has learned that nagging and crime actually pays. And so they'll want to do more of that. Gotcha. Um, so we're, we're teaching games in this book that help people build an off switch into their dog. Like if, if I can take this dog Friday and if I can make her self-calm, not give her a command to calm, but help her learn that self-calming unleashes the ball then when company comes over she's a real social dog when company comes over and if she starts to get a little overwrought for her to find that okay i better bring it down a notch on her own it's so much easier now or even if i need to give her a word hey it's enough
0: so i think it has improved in that area
1: oh huge yeah yeah right because if you learn meditation, transcendental, you know, I'm not here to proselytize it, but if you learn meditation, you learn to bring your own adrenaline levels down, you can do it when and where you need to. You're in traffic. "Ah!" Okay, hold on. And um, I swear, these dogs are so much like us. If we teach them what calm brain chemistry feels like, they can access that a lot of times when, when they need to. So I recommend, you know, go on Amazon, look for the video. It's right on the listing somewhere on the listing for, uh, you know, the, the, this book and, uh, and then just look for that little video, which shows the retrieve and the, uh, and the tug, the, the key points are play release reward, calm play. Like there's a sequence there. Um, but we, we incorporated all kinds of things. There's, there's games in there for puppies, how to teach a puppy or maybe a rescue dog who never learned to be housebroken. We turned that into a game. Uh, oh, well, okay, with with points and prizes and. <laughs> oh, wow. yeah. Um, quick, qu- another
0: question about her. Um, I've seen the beginning. You had to work her a lot with the retrieve or find out what she wanted first, and then figure out from there. You now teach her the retrieve. Do you have to do, work her on the? Do you still work with the retrieve? Do you do a lot as you did in the beginning?
1: And, you know
0: what's what's
1: Okay. Yeah, that's that's really good. Um these are that th- that's a very thoughtful dog trainer question. I, I I'm glad you asked that. Um okay. S- first, when building the when building the retrieve, I think maybe the most important concept other than start with a find find an object that the dog likes. So let's start there. But then you have to carefully read the dog so as to quit when the dog really wants to do one or two more. And uh, that's a common mistake. People overdo it. They wait till the dog quits. I, I want to put the dog away or stop playing the game while she's saying to me, one more, one more, one more. I want to say, okay, we're done now. So as you dog... don't push it. You don't push it. No, we, because we want to, we want to build drive. I mean, I'm taking this little seed that does not want to grow, you know, and I'm watering it carefully. I don't want to drown it. (laughs) I want (laughs) to, I want to help it become big and strong. All right. But if you play your cards, right. All of a sudden that little seed just goes, you know, And, and now you have drive, which is big and strong. And that also, it can be a bit tricky because if the dog really loves the game, she can become obsessive or pushy or wild about it. And that's not what we were trying to accomplish. Gotcha. What I was trying to accomplish specifically with her was a way to get her, a focused on something other than her own troubles, which were non-specific. Look back to my dog real quick. And then we'll come back here. She's from working line, German shepherd dog, dog from a very nice local kennel, working line dogs. So it's a dog bred to have a job, but she never had a job in her life. And she just didn't know what she wanted to do, but she had drive built up with like nothing to do with it. No, no way to express her drive, no job, no work, no, no interest And obedience, which is curative for many dogs. Cause will really focus on the sit down, stay, come stuff. She didn't care. She would do it but it it, it 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 did not relieve her mind because she wanted something more i think specific and more physical right yeah that diminished as i built the um as i built the retrieving drive but um you asked you know what happens with that drive once it you know really awakens and in her it exploded and then I, I um, well, Felix, you got to be careful what you ask for, because you might get it. And I wanted a dog with big with big ball drive, <laughs> and I got it. And then it was too much. I mean, she was like nagging and barking at me and trying to grab it out of my hands, you know, like stupid stuff now. So uh, you
0: went from that Frisbee to the ball, and that's just crazy, fanatical about the ball.
1: Well, that's an abbreviation, because I had to build drive in between, but That's what happened. Yeah. And that's when I started to work in, um, uh, sits downs, recalls into the game to make the game more complex so that she could understand, listen, I don't release the ball to an unstable mind. I mean, I want I want a, a geared, I want a mind who is ready to go. Gotcha. But I don't want a an unstable mind, and I'm not going to release the ball to an unstable mind. So figure it out. And actually, my inspiration for her to 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 show her how to control herself and to moderate her drive to like reasonable levels, my inspiration for her was the dog I wrote about in the first book, Let Dogs Be Dogs. My dog Diablo, who um, would just like spin in big. Big Doberman who'd love food, and he would just like spin in crazy circles when I was prepping his food, like banging into everything, including me. And so one day, uh, you know, dogs will train even train even the even their dog trainer owners. You know, we we're yeah. you know we're susceptible to dog, you know, being fooled by a dog, <laughs> right? Absolutely. So I used to hurry and feed him fast, which made him do it faster. And so one day I was like, you know what, screw this, I'm just gonna stop and see what happens and he was like oh my god what what are you doing and i was like i'm i'm not and this was you know the the mental telepathy conversation that you know that we have and i'm like well i'm not doing any i'm not going to move now why because you're crazy all right hold on a second Uh, you can make my dinner now and forever after i started scooping i could see him he would put himself into a down and then he would just like if you command down And the dog does it. You have placed the body in the position that you want, but the mind is a free agent. And you cannot command the mind to be calm. I don't know if you've ever had this experience, but if you've ever had a fight with a domestic partner and you said, calm down. (laughs) Oh my, it goes the other way. (laughs) So what I, what I learned was, you know, you can't calm, you know, by, by locking the body into a specific position, you know, the mind is still doing whatever it wants. So I wait for the mind to catch up and I show the mind, you know, like I'm not opening the crate door until you settle. I'm just going to stand here and wait. You know, I'm not going to scoop food while you're trembling and spinning. I'm just going to wait. And I'm not going to throw the ball for a dog who is spitting and going nuts. I'm just going to wait.
0: Now, my question is when you make them wait or they wait, they figure out that they have to wait. Do you feel like they're like as soon as you let them out or as soon as you give them what they want? Do you feel like they spring like a snake out, like like a a sprinter
1: towards that object? Well, you know, that's a good point, too, because they're building the drive, but they're they're moderating. They're capping the behavior. So, I think a good dog, yeah, it does a good dog does like when i when I finally release Friday for the retrieve for the on the first one, I always get a I mean, I get a bark on the way out. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I don't know you know, if we were in some kind of competition, sport would be a waste of energy and probably illegal. But I don't care where she's just my yeah. I don't, what she's doing is she's releasing that one bit of frustration on her way out. You
0: know, and what about today? How, what what are, you, are you doing today with, uh, to maintain it or you don't really have to do much?
1: Well, well man, you, are, you know your stuff because these questions, I, I just want the audience to know that the questions reflect dog knowledge. Um, okay. It used to take 10 or 12 long, you know, like 80 yard throws to Tucker her out. Um, well, she was a couple of years younger, number one, but also two. she was wilder. I'm down to the point where I like to do three or four in the morning and maybe I'll do another three or four walks. Yeah. And then, you know, these are like 50 yard tosses. They're pretty, pretty long. Okay. Um, in between. Uh, so I'll do like three or four in the morning and, you know, maybe again in the afternoon, but not every afternoon. Okay. If the weather is terrible, I can skip a day or two. You guys get stalled in, right? We do. Um, but uh, my my you know, some dogs mark a ball really well. They kind of watch it, they know where it's gonna land, they just know trajectory and they're very good at it. This dog This dog is not is not good like that. Um, she's a trailer, she's a scent a center. So basically she just wants to know what section of the yard did it land in, and then she's all nose to find it. And then she'll zigzag, she'll quarter. Search. She's a searcher. That's right. Now, um, she never fails to find it, and she won't quit until she does. Um, I, I suppose I could teach her to mark if I knew more about that. Because if you're a hunting trainer, you really want that dog to mark uh, the area where that bird is going to fall, because it's going to reduce it's going to reduce the search area, especially if you have a cripple. But you know, I'm not really knowledgeable in that way. All I know is. She's using her body, her brain, and her nose when we play fetch. And that's the reason why I get a dog who comes in and sleeps half the rest of the day. Oh, that's beautiful. You know? But I'll tell you this. If I skip, if it's just, you know, I'm busy or something's going on, and she goes three or four days without retrieve. Yeah. She's nuts. I mean, not as bad as originally, but... It's something you have to... Do to really help her with that. That's right, and um it's so like I mean, imagine for whatever reason you're housebound, you, you know, for days on end, you're you're just going to start going stir crazy, and that's what happens to her. Every dog is a little bit different, um and she's become very tolerant. I can skip a couple few days if I have to. I really don't like, I really don't like sending her out in the rain because she'll come to sliding. You know, she'll just come into the house a ball of mud. You know, so. Uh, uh. The wet dog <laughs> that's yeah I, I don't love it, although I don't know about you know the rest of your listeners, but I personally believe that carpet you know is the devil's work and, <laughs> I, and I don't have carpet anywhere in this home it's all tile and wood yeah, 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 yeah. so going back to a,
0: a, a more detail um we you were saying you no know, every everyone has their own flavor, so when you're with the ball, obviously she had to foam uh frisbee yeah when you went to ball, does she particularly like a certain ball more than another? And you see- oh,
1: yeah, yeah. Okay. That's good. So, um, what I went to was, tennis balls but there's a couple problem with tennis balls and dog trainer people know this number one if they mouth them enough you know it's abrasive and it can i guess i don't know if this is true but you know word on the street is you know that it'll harm the enamel but um her problem was she's pretty mouthy with them so she would just she just started to delight in popping them (laughs) (laughs) well she just popped too many of them so i went to the the kong the, the kong ball that fits the chucket and um and then i wanted um something that was a little bit bigger they made a larger size one and that's that's what i have now and it's red because if it goes into the snow you know it just makes it a little bit easier for uh, me to know basically where it went but um she's pretty transferable yeah yeah She's, she's pretty easy to once 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 the kraken is released um, the average dog is not going to be overly picky about what it is they're going, as long as you get them to send them. Now, if I send her for, um, a, um, if I send her for a bumper or a rope toy, she will go for it. She will bring it back, but she is not as animated. She doesn't care for them as much. Um, you know, I have a little dog here. She's, um, 18 years old and blind now, a little rat terrier. i yeah, but well, you know, she's she's still she still loves her food and she still likes to go out and sniff in the grass. She can't, you know. She's managed very well for she went blind when she was about 16. Um so she knows her house very well and anyway, um we we just love her to pieces. But um here here's the thing. That dog I got her when she was 5 months old and she never cared about toys and she never cared about retrieving ever. Um and one day, somebody gave me a little squeaky toy. It was terry cloth with a squeaker in it, and it was a dachshund. <laughs> it was a little, it was a little squeak. I'm sure you've seen it, you know. There on And um, I don't know why, I just threw it for this dog. But she looked at me. She looked at that thing, and she ran over to it. She picked it up, and she started playing with it. And now. You have to understand, Felix, I had tried her on like dozens and dozens and dozens of, you know, objects and she didn't care about any, she, never, no, I don't care. Now, could I have taught her a force fetch? Well, yeah. Like if I was competing with her in AKC, you know, and I, and I needed that dog to, you know, retrieve a dumbbell just because I said so, well, you know, yes, I could teach a force fetch. I do, I do know how. Um, I haven't done it in years because I haven't needed to, but you know if i was competing with a dog who you know didn't care to retrieve anything fine i i can i can teach it uh, as a force fetch and if you do that artfully it can be very fair and reliable but um anyway she proceeded to give me like 10 or 15 right to hand retrieves um and she enjoyed that toy till she eventually went blind but i guess what i'm trying to say is if you have a dog who doesn't care about toys or retrieve it's it's probable that that dog just hasn't met their soulmate toy yet. That's all. Gotcha. There's one out there. It's, it might just be something weird or obscure, but that was the only thing she ever cared about.
0: Would be fair to say to I guess, if anyone's listening that they're not dog trainer here, because as dog trainers we know we have to keep on trying until yeah. you know you get that little spark of of what you're looking for. But a lot of owners, you know, if they'll see something right away, they like. Oh, it's never gonna happen. Will you say, would it be fair to say that it might t- it's like going up a hill and you're 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 pushing the boulder up a hill. You just know it's like you feel like you're not going anywhere, but you gotta keep on trying.
1: Well, yeah, when trying when trying to teach a game to a dog who doesn't understand or doesn't want to play, yeah, then um you can you might you, people get frustrated very easily. And very, very quickly. And, and the thing is, that's counterproductive because human frustration, we communicate that to dogs instantly. They, a, any dog who has ever lived with you for any length of time, they know when you're happy. They know when you're sad. They know when you're frustrated. And um, that's
0: a special skill.
1: Well, it sure is. I mean, I think they were kind of like developed for yeah. that, you know? And um, so they, I, I feel like the average dog understands humans far better than humans understand the average dog hundred percent but at the end of the day here's the thing about you know the games and we stress this a whole lot in the joy of playing with your dog we'll tell you how to we'll tell you how to play a game but approach it slowly stay in good humor leave the dog wanting more have fun be persistent but um but understand some dogs are going to represent a challenge and um listen, there's more than one kind of little league coach. Um, my dad was the kind of little league coach, get in there do it. <laughs> get the ball. What are you doing? You know, you don't want to be that guy. Bobby, move it. Now, I love my dad and he turned out just fine, <laughs> but it was we'll a little bit of training. We <laughs> always touch and go there for a hot minute. Uh huh. And, um, but, with With dogs, you kinda if you if you have a dog who doesn't love to play but you think it would be good for that dog or you want that mutual activity, we present you with twenty five different you know games to to try to play and and techniques to help build the drive so the dog will ultimately like it but you just gotta view it as a um as a project, like you don't get mad at the thousand-piece puzzle when it just doesn't go together immediately. I, I like to view it as a togetherness activity, and there's uh, there's a million ways to uh, to help teach a dog the skills that games, you know, give them. I, I've trained dogs for a number of um, professional sports people: NBA, um, baseball, football, and almost universally. The, um these are obviously very skilled athletes but all, everyone i've ever met has also been very thoughtful thoughtful people thoughtful and respectful and that's the reason is is that they're they're not out there just you know you know doing whatever they want to on that field they are following the advice of coach and working together with teammates in order to achieve the the goals of, of that particular game and so uh, if we just approach our dogs slowly, gently, but with a, with a game plan, well, we will give you the game plan. You provide the dog, I got your game plan.
0: <laughs> I think also, probably, they need, especially regular people, regular dog, dog owners, they got to see it as something that is going to be tough, but they could achieve it and have fun with it. Enjoy your dog.
1: I think, you know, I, I've heard from two kinds of people relating to play with dogs. One is I, I want to play with my dog, but he gets so wild. That it's unpleasant and sometimes even almost dangerous to do it, depending on the dog. And so that's why we teach um, impulse control. There are a lot of games that teach what we would call an off switch, where the dog says, I'm on, I'm off, red light, green light. I mean, we literally teach red light, green light, write the book um, as one of the first games so that the dog can understand there's times that go wild, but now I got to freeze and relax, which has payoff. You know, throughout the lifetime of the dog, these, these other games, do you um use food? Do you use toy? Yeah. Toy, but use we do. We use food and toys, uh, depending on the game, depending on what it is that we're trying to accomplish. I mean, listen, food has, I think, a very good place in playing with and training dogs, but I also think a lot of people use food incorrectly, um, which can either If you you use it incorrectly, it's going to set you back. Here's the thing. Food is a wonderful way to motivate certain dogs. Not all dogs, but a lot of dogs are motivated by food. So we use food to help clarify what we want. And then once the dog really understands that, we shift to using food more strategically and more occasionally to say that was an especially good one. I want you to remember that one. Um, and if you use food as a universal reward, oh, good boy, you peed. Oh, good boy, you're cute. Oh, good boy, you stopped barking. Oh, good boy, you went to the drawer where the treats are and you barked at me and I think that's cute, so I'm going to reward it. Then you're accidentally rewarding all the wrong stuff, <laughs> you know so we talk about using food in are a real you, um, way. are you a believer
0: in the concept of they say um to use food for for lower drive and then the toy because the toy brings the drive so and for people that if they don't know we mean by drive you know uh the, the willingness to want to do it so like play drive you know they want to play with the toy or food drive they want the food so do you are you do you believe in the food calming the dog more focused on the dog for a task compared to a toy are you one of those believers
1: do you believe that i i think it depends entirely i think it depends a lot on the dog you know a a lot of um a, a lot of sport trainers for example and these are trainers who are working in let's say protection sports or in agility or in just things where the where things are happening really fast um And they're working high powered breeds. Let's take the Malinois, for example. Well, the Malinois, I mean, typically is going to probably prefer the toy to the food, but it's not that you don't have food motivated Malinois also. So we're mixing up how to build drive and how to get the game going. Right. Depending on what the dog likes most. Um, but in all cases, whether it's toy or food as a motivator, either way, we're, we are building self-control into the game so that the average pet dog, when we want him to calm down, we don't have to yell, calm down, <laughs> you know, which That's is weird. you know crazy, um, You know, if if you're going to send, if you're an IPO and and you're going to send your dog over a very tall A-frame, you need him pretty revved up, Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, but if you're, um, but if you have a a pet dog and grandma's coming in the door, you need the dog willing to be happy that company has come, but you don't want that same amount of drive. You want that dog to remember all those times when he was able to turn off the buzz in his mind you know some of the best working dogs i mean and when i some some of the very best working dogs don't necessarily always make great pets and i think that a lot of the working dog owners slash trainers prioritize the work but and, and there's nothing wrong with that i mean yeah, yeah, you know, i agree yeah you know especially like if you're designed to do a job with an eight to a 10 hour shift um you know you need a dog who is unbelievably motivated to do that work. Um, but I've I, I think that most dog owners are looking for a very balanced type of dog who is happy to go do stuff when when it's time to go hiking or when it's time to play with the ball, but then happy to come in and just do what my dog is you know naturally doing on her own right now. Um, so I think my my own personal preference is towards dogs of medium energy level because, I, I don't want a doormat. I want somebody that I can go do some fun stuff with. And, but I don't want to spend my entire day um, entertaining my entertaining my dog. <laughs> well, yeah,
0: some of those mal mal was. Oh my god! Like, they could. They're amazing. They perform amazing. Yeah, but there's no off switch. There's no absolutely no off switch. It's, it's like, what? what like, they're like on Red Bull 20 hours a day. <laughs> yeah. You know, like. like i i I, um i've seen them and i i i mean they're great dogs and the people have them love them and stuff like that i
1: don't want one (laughs) i will i I don't want one either i don't even want a border collie but i'll tell you a quick story felix it's such a good point um i i I do not consider myself to be a mountain law expert and i've trained only a few because they just don't seem to come into my training program very often but i had one who was uh you know a little squirrely and she was a little bit of a biter, but she and I got off to a pretty good start. But um, I, had a, I had a very immediate problem with this dog over the course of the first few days. And that is this dog would not eat or drink for me. Um, and so that's a problem. I mean, if the dog doesn't eat, but she drinks, okay, you got time. She wouldn't do either. And, um, and what I noticed was that the dog was only calm when I was working with her, when I was working her, when I was t- doing obedience With her and i had to make everything a little more complex than normal because she's a malinois and she wanted it that way so instead of just teaching place i had like five of them and i would just send her from one to the other the other and then and that's where she got engaged that's where i got engagement was during work otherwise she was mopey and she would neither eat nor drink so i'm like panicking because i'm telling the owner like i think i'm gonna have to send her home she's gonna probably need a bolus you know the the you know the 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 big hump of water to she's gonna dehydrate and get sick (laughs) And they begging me, figure it out, figure it out. He's, they they were begging me, the owners, but figure it out because we can't bring her home. She's biting people and, you know, she's going to get in trouble and we we love her, but, you know, she's crazy. And just figure that's, it That's the type of dog they had. Well, that's right. So uh, now, mind you, this dog died of old age uh, in home and never bit anybody again. But, it, you Ooh, know, wow. mind you, I had really compliant owners. But my first problem was keeping her longer than three or four days because I was afraid I was going to kill her.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, <laughs> you know? And so I was talking to my buddy, Chad Mack, and, and, I, and I said, Chad, um, this is killing me. Like, it's just, I, it was, it, honestly, it was starting to destabilize my own, you know, mentality. Because <laughs> And I said, Chad, the only time, you know, that she's relaxed is when I'm working her. And he goes, well, then feed her when you're working her. And I was like, ah, t- Jesus, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just needed, everybody needs that buddy that you can call. And- yeah, yeah, yeah so um here's what i did um i uh i got a bowl of you know like basically chicken guts you know feet you know wings you know just like you know chicken stuff with some water in it and um and i put that bowl on one of the place beds one of the place ports, and her name was magnolia i call her maga so um maga place maga other place maga place and then i send her to the place with the food bowl and then she she's kind of like grooving on this because she's you know jumping from one to the other and i was like maga eat and she looked at me like are you shitting me i mean like it was a really funny look like a, i i understood you but like i don't believe did you question walk face yeah but it was like one that we, i mean like you know i we here's where my voodoo comes into place i do have these conversations that you know with the dogs i'm sure you do too because, you know, this is what happens when you are in this long enough to get weird. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, she goes, are, are you kidding me? What? Eat? And I was like, I, I, I was just very, you know, bossy with her. I was like, Maga, eat. And um, you heard me eat. And um, she took a couple of bites. And then she looked at me. She swallowed some food and water. And then she looked at me and I go, Maga, place. And I sent her to another place. And then every time I put her back on that one, Maga, eat. And um, it became a game to her. Wow, okay, because this was a dog who loved to work. This is the work ethic drilled into this breed, right? And uh, I mean, genetically created into, in, you know, my, genetically hardwired into this breed is a is a heavy, deep desire to work, and they want active work, and they want brain puzzle, brain teaser works that are muscular but also intellectual, and um, or at least that's how this Malinois was. And, um, within three or four days of that, she was like, all right, don't don't even tell me anymore. I'll just eat. And she was, you know, she was fine uh, after that, but I had to listen to Chad. And if the only time that she was relaxed was, you know, when she's working, then feed her while you're working. That worked great for me. When I taught her to retrieve, I, um, I couldn't do it the way I did it for my German shepherd, which is just back and forth. She's happy to do that all day long. This dog would look at me. If I threw it just in a straight line, you know, more than twice, she'd look at me like, uh, this is baby work and I'm not a baby. <laughs> so I want uh, to challenge me. Right. Right. So I had her in the winter. So I started like hovering her eyes and throwing it in snow drifts and, Throwing it on the wrong side of fences and, uh, wow. you know, I just had to make. Oh, she did. Yeah. It, 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 was a far more complex, like, you know, you, you know, those like little puzzles that have like five pieces that you give like kindergarten kids. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she didn't like those. My, my German shepherd, she would play with a puzzle like that all day long, but this dog wanted the thousand piece puzzle where like every piece is white. Yeah. <laughs> There's no picture. Just figure it out. Yeah, yeah. And, and and then that's what she you know that's what she needed. Um, but where 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 some people get into trouble with their dogs is when they have dogs with mentality like this, and then they don't use it. Dogs like that, they just get very frustrated. And then, um, as Caesar Milan has said, and this I think is a, is a, is a truth: if you if you don't give the brain of the dog really anything to do, then eventually its breed or its own personal personality will suggest something that the dog should do and you might not like it yeah so the guard dog guards will breed the yappy breeds will yap the ankle biters will bite um uh however if you give them stuff to do then they will do it here's that little rat terrier who's just ah <laughs> put it in appearance oh she's 18 she's she's <laughs> She's blind, but she's still she still likes to, her our our game now is uh you know she's a terrier she likes to put her nose down and find little critters you know but <laughs> like so just take her out and take her out into the grass where we hunt critters she can't catch them anymore but but she knows where they've been
0: so going back to that mal um yeah you you did play to help with the issues what do you think was the main piece do you think the, uh, to help that dog not bite people was it that you div- you did the play develop a relationship and then you were able to correct the dog yeah like, yeah what, what was what
1: was the i never really had to correct her in the sense of you know like uh el Kabang. No, i never you know i never had to what it was was this dog liked loved her owners um yeah. but she's the bite
0: She said she's the bite
1: yeah, yeah. Like if if they had her, some someone was walking near them within reach, if the dog didn't like the look of this person, she'd, you know, she'd get a piece. One time they were letting her run in a park and um, she chased a squirrel and then redirected off the squirrel onto a passerby, right? Onto a pedestrian, um, you know, just typical stuff. So I guess what I'm saying here is what, what I really had to do for this dog wasn't so much teach her to not to stop being reactive because she really wasn't what I needed to do was to give her a recall number one, so that I could turn her around from anything. I need to give her a leave it. And these are just obedience things, right? Yeah. But what the, what the play did was the play allowed me to drain the energy in a productive way so that her brain wasn't constantly thinking, do malinois stuff. Um, or do the Malinois stuff that, 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 that Malinois chose. Cause it was always going to make, it was, she was always going to make a bad choice, <laughs> you know, so, um, I gave her Malinois stuff to do that I could approve of and that she would enjoy, but that would drain her need to do stuff so that when I said, look, I want you to do this stuff and that stuff, I don't want you doing it. Any-, she could, she could say, okay. Here's the reality: If if you have bad dog behavior and you give the dog nothing but the dunks, don't do this. Don't do that. Don't don't do the other. Um, you can start eradicating a lot of those behaviors, but the, but you're playing whack-a-mole, right? You whack one bad behavior and you drive it away, but it, it, another one's going to pop up somewhere else. Um, and, and that's because a huge amount of dog misbehavior is driven by boredom and frustration and if you don't if you if you don't deal with that you're playing whack-a-mole with the problems and that's not happy really for anybody
0: gotcha gotcha now let me ask you a question um obviously you've trained many dogs by now (laughs)
1: yeah
0: um do you go is your what's is your is your approach always the same that you always implement the play Or do you say no? This dog just needs obedience. Uh, Oh, this dog definitely has behavior issues, so we gotta do play. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, a lot of dogs are really satisfied with the um, with being run through an obedience program. A lot lot of dogs really love that; they respond to that. I do a lot of my leash work um, while hiking. I, I live. I call, I call my place the little dog farm and I have three acres all fenced in, but I'm, I'm wrapped by a 500 acre, um, forest preserve. So there's hiking trails. And so I just take those dogs, you know, we do, we do stuff out and about a lot of dogs really like that. But when, but when I get a dog, um, who is pent up and the, and the normal training routine doesn't bring that dog into some sort of like balance of, of energy level, which is reasonable. Um, then I usually, my next tactic is to see about teaching that dog retrieve. I need to have built a reasonable recall first, um, which I usually do that in about a week. And then I'll, then I'll start working that dog with some short retrieves and then ultimately longer ones. With the play or? Yeah. Well, you know, the answer is yes, but all, all good games have rules, like we said. So it's not just like, here's a ball, go do what you want. It's sit, wait, get it, bring it back, give, sit. That sequence is really hard for your average knucklehead dog. I don't care if it's a lab, you know, who may have the desire to have something in his mouth, but he's never really let anybody tell him how to do that before, how to play that game. So they have a lot of oral drive, but they don't necessarily, uh, they don't all default to doing it right. In fact, nobody will fight you harder than a lab. At first, <laughs> I think because they have such oral drive that they want to reserve it for their own purposes, not necessarily yours, just. but I also feel like nothing makes a lad happier than ultimately learning how to retrieve because it's just so hardwired into the DNA of the breed that if you deny them that, then you're forever scolding them for picking up, for picking up the wrong stuff. How about we just teach them to pick up the right stuff?
0: yeah true wow the 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 play is definitely um
1: amazing you. To- well also too um and I, I guess we can kind of wrap up on this one the other thing i i'm sure well you tell me i hear this a lot and i'm guessing you do too not just how do i get my dog to behave better but how do i socialize them um and especially because of all those years of COVID. The, I think the-
0: let me just say one common thing I always come across and yeah. people's definition, owners definition of socialization yep. is dog to dog. That's the that, that's the always the, the definition of socialization.
1: Yeah. Well, you're right. Um, that is often what people are thinking, um, especially in a, in a city environment. People be thinking that a lot because they're going to run into people out, out and about with dogs a lot. Um, and, and that's a problem with the word socialization is it means different things to different people. But we wrote a, a whole chapter in this book, which covers our view of socialization between uh, dogs and, and other dogs and people. Now the dog park is really controversial among dog trainers. It's a bit less controversial among dog owners, but I mean, we trainers have seen so many problems that were started in the dog park that we feel like dog park equals death. But the reality is probably 3 million people a day go into dog parks and come out of them just fine and so do the dogs so whether we dog trainers like it or we don't people are going to use the dog parks and for a lot of dogs that is the entire outlet they need it that's true so we wrote a whole chapter on what's okay in the dog park how to understand the dog park because you know look if you go to a dog park um you'll be, you, you would know within five minutes of arriving, if you wanted to turn your dog loose in there or not. Cause you know what you're seeing in there. Eh, it's a bunch of knuckleheads, but you know, nobody has got evil intent. Um, on the other hand, there've been times when, when I lived in the, in the city, I lived in, you know, right in downtown Chicago. There are times when I would get to the dog park. I almost always went in cause I, I spent a minute to evaluate what was happening in there. But there were a couple of times when I turned right around and left because i saw things happening in that dog park that i knew were going to break bad or that the chances were too high so we um we have oh, there's there's well over 200 color photographs in this book a lot of them are dedicated to the dog park showing you this is what okay dog park play and behavior looks like and this is the this is the bad stuff and this is what you need to break up and here's how you do that and how to evaluate and how, just how to make the dog park work for you then, of course, we talk extensively about how to introduce dogs. Not every dog. I mean, if you take your dog out for a walk and somebody comes up to you and says, can my dog meet your dog? My answer is almost always no. <laughs>
0: That's what I tell
1: people. That's what I tell people. No. <laughs> You know what? But like, look. If you're my neighbor, if you're my cousin, if you have a really nice dog in the neighborhood, and my dog needs a you know needs a buddy, that's a different matter. Then, instead of randomly just trying to make friends with every dog it meets, the wrong way, nose to nose, yeah, i um, being held back, which is provocative for your dog, right? Um, we have a whole section on how to create dog relationships and dog-to-dog friendships, which is definitely Good for dogs, or at least it's good for dogs who are social with other dogs, and they're not all, but uh, but a lot of them are. And so to deprive them of dog company is uh, is unkind, but to force them into you know playing with every random dog they meet is also is. So there's there's a sensible way to do this, and we really um, we talk a lot about how to how to socialize dogs that are healthy.
0: And you brought up a good point. I think a lot. Of- especially dog owners, not dog trainers, because obviously dog trainers won't do it at all. But a lot of dog owners, I know they're not experienced. They they see dogs and they see a dog they'll see beyond, you know, the language or what they're doing. But you said something really great was look at everything before you enter the dog park. Yeah. Examine the dog park and you see something on you not good, just leave. That's right. You know, but I think a lot of dog owners don't do that. They'll see, they'll they'll look. They're just like oh, oh, five four. Let's go in. And they bring the dog in. You know, they call on the phone and they call. On
1: the, <laughs> dog, you know, and like, oh, the phone is a big problem in the dog park. Uh, yeah, they do. They 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 forget to pay attention to what's happening in there.
0: Uh, I don't think I don't think i And that's another issue. I don't think anyone's really uh, supervising, observing the dogs
1: just go, go go play do you uh, well you know it's like taking your kid to the playground you got to be responsible for uh, you exactly. know ensuring that your dog or your child has a safe time and a good time and um listen nobody can teach manners better than another dog so if your dog is pushy there may be another dog who tells them in no uncertain terms i'm not playing with you till you relax a little and that's fine you know let me tell you a quick story i had a um the Doberman. Oh, uh, man, when he was young, when he was about one, one and a half years old, he was big, he was fast, about 90 pounds at, at the age of one, big boy. Um, and he was, he, was, he was a sweet dog. He loved dogs, but he was a knucklehead. He was just a knucklehead, and he would just play too rough. He just nagged every dog. He just played with them too rough. So uh, consequently, a lot of dogs didn't like him. And um, I remember one time I turned him loose, with uh, my my friend, she had a um, a really big, I mean, great thing. I mean, they're all big, right? But this was, RT was a particularly brawny girl. This is a big great date, and um, and my big Doberman, who was used to being big, he wasn't big anymore. Not when you playing with <laughs> her, and he's he's hip checking her, he's shoulder checking her, he's like trying to knock her over. He's just you know because that's how he's used to playing so physical, and um and I, and I I said to Ann... I said, Ann, he's being a jerk. Maybe I should, you know, just pull him out of there. And she goes, no, she'll teach him. And that scared me when she goes, she'll teach him. (laughs) And I go, go, what is she going to do to him? And she goes, it'll be okay. She's she's good at this. And I'm so glad that I got to see it happen, Felix, because like the third time he shoulder checked her really hard she just stopped she opened her mouth it was like a T-Rex okay uh, uh, it was like a T-Rex she took she took his head in her mouth my heart was like like boom, boom 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 yeah yeah she twisted did you ever see in the rodeo like when the guys jump off the uh jump off the 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 pony onto the steer and they just twist the head just right mm-hmm. That's what she did to him. She knew exactly what the twist was. And he just went, boom. And he was just down on his side and he froze. Wow. And she, she, when I say she pinned him there, all I mean to say is she just held him there for like a one, two. In a, in a correction. Three, three Mississippi, she held him. Then she let go. Let me tell you what. When he got up, he got up respectful. Yeah. And she said, okay, let's play. And he went right back to it, but, but moderate, mo- moderated. But here's the, here's the crazy thing. As I trained that dog, that Doberman, more and more and more in my life, he became he, he became my working partner, and he helped me train many a knuckle-headed dog.
0: Oh, yeah. well, at that moment that he got corrected for that, how old was he?
1: He was about 18 months old.
0: Oh, so he's still,
1: still young. Yeah, he was a puppy. You know but he was he was big but what i I guess what i want to say is over the years he became a dog trainer he he was an unusually good boy and he he became the knucklehead who was like went to reform school and then graduated and became a teacher so he helped me train dogs and he was wonderful at it he helped me he helped me civilize many a knuckleheaded dog wow yeah i will tell you what the first time i saw him use that same exact maneuver was probably like four years later wow yeah and he didn't overuse it but once or twice i i saw him do it and i was like oh my god like is that genetic and she woke and she she turned on the switch or is it learned um i i, I still don't know but amazing. Uh, yeah it really was. Well, would
0: you say not every dog a lot of dogs can do that
1: i no. i think it's a i i think he was um well, I'm talking about the first one of the, the one that did too. You well know, most dogs aren't going to do that most dogs won't know how to do it they're, or they're not big enough to it's I, it, it's a uh, it's a very you know you, what is that movie taken I have a very particular set of skills that yeah. <laughs> will be taken you know
0: <laughs> that's a so, well, uh, story uh one thing I love and people are always about correcting and stuff like that I would say that was a correction right yeah that's right it it, it may an impact on him and his life. Yeah. Right, a perfect, that's it. a good impact, but people always about oh, I don't want to correct my dog, I don't want to correct my dog. But I one time saw this video of this um mother, I don't know, if it was a Mallet, German Shepherd. Yeah, she went out to do her business, and her puppies were in the box, right? Yeah, she comes back, and there's mouse, she comes back, and they start jumping and do- like going crazy on her, like piranhas, right? And she went like and they just quiet down to settle down and that was a correction and they learned really quick like she was like
1: well I I, that's, that is so true. Listen, there's not a puppy on earth that hasn't, uh, hasn't latched onto the nipple too hard and just been knocked off. You know, at five weeks they have their milk teeth and, uh, if they sink them in too hard, mom's going to go out and knock them right off. And they learn very quickly. I mean, she's flinging them off and they learn very quickly. Be careful, be careful. So I think the trick is with correction. Um, one, we're most humans are never going to be able to correct a dog as sensibly as another dog can.
0: Oh, so yeah. So
1: when we're doing it, I think the first thing to do is to educate the dog so they understand the rules and in obedience or behavior. If we must correct the dog, let's just be sure they know what they're being corrected for so they can apply the information quickly. And, and in that, and, and in that way we can keep correction very, you know, minimal. Exactly You know Well Let's
0: just talk about Your book one last time We're gonna wrap it up Um The joy of playing with Your dog I'm, I'm I'll be honest with you I'm real I haven't read it yet I'm I'm, a, I'm the one that asked you On the post about it be audio I'm an audio person But I'm definitely looking So forward to reading this book So t- you, think People get Amazon
1: well, it's, uh, it's, it's available for pre-sale now. It ships on October 14th. So just a, just a few more days, it'll be shipping. Awesome. So, yeah. And, um, it'll be, um, Kindle, iBooks, um, hardcover, Barnes and Noble, North Shire, independent bookstores, Amazon, anywhere books are sold. And I know that they've picked, uh, we, we have a narrator and, and, and we will be recording the book, so it so the audio or audible version of it will be available, um, probably within a few weeks of the actual hardcover. Okay. So, I, the picture, by the way, is really cool. Really, it like
0: it's perfect.
1: Yeah, wow. we 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 went. We really put a lot of thought into what. That's, was,
0: that's excellent. That's excellent picture. That's, without even reading the 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 words or why you just see the picture from. Yeah get
1: I'm so glad that you think so. Will. a lot of a lot of thought went into. Was uh, oh, beautiful. Yeah. Was that uh, was that um, something you guys found? Or was just oh like- no, no. Every picture in the book was taken by um, by our photographer. His name is Vincent Ramini. He, he took it. all the pictures for this book, um, right. and he took all the pictures for the Art of Training Your Dog. And then um, I would say he shot about five thousand. Wow. photographs and then we picked yeah, come
0: on. I, I at a lot of pictures
1: <laughs> yeah that's right and he traveled all over the country to get these shots that 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 picture was taken um in uh in uh south carolina and those two dogs don't live together but they're neighbors they live next door to each other yes. and so they have a play you know they do play group they they're very fond of each other
0: oh, oh, I, I, it's it's a great it's it's a great picture, I have to say, and it explains the whole story without even reading the title. You know? That was that. That was the idea. I'm glad. Oh, glad. it's very really engaging too. Like I, I, I really like it a lot. It's very clever. Right?
1: That's great. Yeah, we're we're really thrilled with uh We're really thrilled with it, and the other two hundred pick, You know, the other two hundred pictures. I mean, you wouldn't believe how much work. Honestly, the the idea for this book came about before COVID. And so I would say from idea to finished book on the shelf, three years. took. That's how long it took us. Three years. So we put a lot of love. <laughs> we put a lot of love into
0: this. Just, uh, just the way you have it. Beautiful. Perfect.
1: I'm glad you like it. But we really wanted to cover uh, every age group and we just wanted to have activities for everybody. So there's no training methodology. There's no corrections. There's no, you know, regardless of how you like to play or train with your dog, you, you know, th- this book is going to work for you because. yeah, with the dog, building relationship. That's it. It is entirely about that building relationships and developing a dog who has better behavior because we've appealed to uh just teaching them simple rules for their games
0: well i look forward to it unfortunately you know, if i keep on picking your brain we'll be here like
1: well just do it another time <laughs> It just
0: yeah. i got i got a bunch of questions i didn't get to even ask you yet so I
1: definitely... well, you save those and we'll schedule round two of this we'll, yeah. let's do it again for sure
0: i definitely want to um pick your brain a lot of different stuff especially on the aspects of the book but definitely uh I just want to wrap up No, Thank you for coming now. Thank you for coming live with me. Um, I'm I'm going to get the book myself. I'm uh more as soon as they. That's an oil book. Like I'm an oil person. I listen to stuff. Yeah,
1: you'll but, have to let me know what you think.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I, I look forward to it. But uh, thank you again. Um, this is Dogs Unleashed with Mark Goldberg and. Thank you once again. And I'll go learn some really great. We learned a lot of great stuff and we'll learn some more stuff around two.
1: <laughs> we'll do it again.
0: All right. Thank you guys. All right. Watching. Oh, and you watch this on YouTube. Subscribe, like, share.
1: Tell Makes your friends. Oh, yeah,
0: tell your friends. Tell your friends. To get the- Oh,
1: hey, you guys. If you, can, you If you're in the Chicago area and you want me, you can find me at ChicagoDogTrainer.com. If you're not in Chicago and you need anything from me, markgoldbergdogtrainer.com. Mark with a C.
0: If you have trouble with your dog, you know who go to Chicago.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and we got you on the East coast. So we got the whole, we got, we got two thirds of the country covered between I, you and me. I,
0: I'm still, I'm still learning. I'm always learning. That's the one thing I, I, I'm a, um, I'm a martial arts for many years and I, I apply to my dog stuff. So I'm always learning new tricks, new things, developing everything better. That's
1: great. You you keep going. All
0: right. So thank you. And uh, keep on watching guys for the next uh, episode. You've been listening to the Felix Rosado podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider giving us a positive review on iTunes or whatever platform you are listening to. If you want more content about dog training, health, nutrition, be sure to visit my YouTube channel, Dog Train Beyond. For immediate help, contact us at Dog Train Beyond website. And that is www.dtbeyond.com www.dtbeyond.com